This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, January 6th, wherever and however you are connected. Always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who is willing to push the unsportsmanlike boundaries whenever you ask, Jason Shepard. Really? If you need a 15-yard personal foul penalty, I'm your guy, okay? Sideline warning on Jason Shepard. Whatever whatever you need, and this actually was brought up yesterday. Aaron Roderick and Fessy Satake had their introductory, at least in their new positions, or added responsibilities, I guess. Uh, and, and, uh, and Fessy talked about how he was willing to sort of take one for the team when it comes to unsportsmanlike boundaries. Take a, take a listen to this. If he wants me to come join him behind the scenes, I'll be happy. But if he wants me to stay on the field and push that threshold of, of unsportsmanlike penalties by yelling at the refs, I'll be more than happy to do that as well. Yeah, he was asked whether or not he was going to – if Aaron was going to ask him to come up into the booth with him, if he was still going to be on the sideline. Look – Fessy's just a team guy. That's, that, that's what it's that's about. That's a real teammate. That's a band. Yes. That's a band of brothers coming, yes, right? Is. Yes. Yes. Fessy's Bob, as Brian Logan would say. <laughs> He's definitely Bob. Band of brothers. Uh, here's your very sportsmanlike Wednesday show lineup, Jason. Quarterback phenom Zach Wilson joins us from his new temporary home in Southern California. And no, he didn't drive this time. Plus, there will be no more ramen and PBJ for Zach. We'll explain. Not to mention the new offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick, will also join us live. What's BYU's spring quarterback depth chart going to look like? And a 17-plus curse for the number one ranked Zags? Is somebody doing BYU a favor by projecting this? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops will finally get to play its first West Coast Conference game. They will be traveling to Spokane to face the number one team in college basketball. That would be the Gonzaga Bulldogs tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. This will take the place of the road game originally scheduled for February 6th. Head coach Mark Pope says he's grateful that the two teams were able to find a way to make this happen. When everything else fails... The one coach and program in America that you know is going to be like, bring it, man. We're not scared. Is the Zags. <laughs> I couldn't love them more right now um, just for the fact that they're like, yeah, let's go. Let's play. Not bad when you can, uh, on the spur of the moment, so sort of schedule the number one team in college basketball. Uh, congrats to both of them. Should be a good one. Tomorrow's game tips 830 Eastern on ESPN and BYU Radio. Radio pregame coverage with yours truly starts at 7.30. Makes perfect sense. Just give Commissioner Few a call. (laughs) We'll make it happen. Zach Wilson received three first-place votes in the Heisman race, six second-place votes, and 21 third-place votes, this adding up to his eighth overall finish in the 2020 Heisman balloting. Alabama receiver Devontae Smith is your winner. Wilson is BYU's first top-ten finisher since Ty Detmer all the way back in 1991. Zach threw for almost 3,700 yards, 33 touchdowns, only three interceptions, not to mention a BYU record 73.5% completion percentage for the season. Is that good? Yes. 
He added 10 rushing touchdowns on 254 yards. He did it all. Hey, speaking of Zach Wilson, ESPN's Todd McShay said yesterday in his first draft podcast with Mel Kiper Jr. that he had Zach Wilson going fourth to the Atlanta Falcons. How about that? It's a name. That's a team we have not heard a ton about in regards to Zach Wilson. Oh, I love the idea I, of I Zach Wilson being mentored by Matt Ryan. Love it. Another NFL quarterback who already works with 3D QB yep. and John Beck and Tom House in Southern California. I love. I love that fit. Absolutely, absolutely, without question. Let's, let's recap it a little bit, okay? So the Jets at number two. Yes. The Falcons at number four. The Panthers at number eight. And the 49ers at number 12, I believe, are the four most popular options that have been discussed. Well, and the interesting part about this, and, and if you'd like to listen to it, by, by all means, uh, right around the 52-minute mark is when they start talking about Zach. Um, they're anticipating trades. And, and you know that there will be teams that will try and trade up, yeah. whether it's specifically for Zach Wilson or whatever. Uh, but anyway, if you want to check it out, uh, I, again, it's the uh, the first draft podcast with Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. McShay will be releasing his first mock draft tomorrow. So really curious to see if that pick stays there with uh, the Falcons taking uh, Zach Wilson. All right. On to the ladies. BYU women's volleyball in at number 16 in the spring preseason ABCA poll. It just sounds weird, right? Spring volleyball for the women. I know that the men generally do this, but the women are also going to take the court at the Smithfield House. The ladies finished last season 17th in the rankings with a 26-5 record and a second-round exit in the NCAA tournament. The season is scheduled to begin January 26th at Portland. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A countdown to the new quarterback starts with the other countdown. Hit it! Down to the Wildcats. 239. 239 days away from BYU opening up their 2021 season with whoever the new quarterback is against the University of Arizona at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, which means, Jason, we will debate who the BYU starting quarterback will be for roughly the next 239 days, at least once a day. Well, right? We've already been doing it, so you're going to have to add some days to that. Aaron Roderick, BYU's brand-new offensive coordinator, kind of got things started yesterday in his introductory press conference when he was asked about, not surprisingly, the quarterback competition that is, oh, yes, already brewing. He said, well, experience, among other things, counts for something. Listen to this. You always have to start with who's played and who we've seen play in a game before. So I think it would be fair to start with Jaron and Baylor because we've seen those guys play. And, they, and when they played, they both played well. All right, Jason, let's now officially open up the debate in Studio B for the first of 239 times and ask this question. Should the experience factor favor Baylor, Romney, or Jaron Hall in the push for naming BYU's next starting quarterback? Um, probably. And look, for various reasons, I was convinced as the season progressed, and it became more and more evident that Zach Wilson was not going to be here next year because he was going to go to the NFL, I was absolutely convinced that BYU's starting quarterback next year was going to be Jacob Conover. Now, that obviously still could be the case. But based off of everything we have heard 
about Jacob Conover, just how good he has been as the scout team quarterback. And, I mean, you're hearing it from, from players, people that have been able to see this, just how good he has been. I thought, look, you have a, you have a, a fairly young team, you know, and this is a young quarterback. Why not just start the clock now for him and let him grow with this offense? So that's kind of how I viewed this. But then after hearing Aaron yesterday and him talking so much about the experience and, and how they are putting a premium on that, it's, it's had me questioning what I had originally thought. Look, a lot of this has to boil down to Jaron Hall's, you know, health. You have to assume that because Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney have the experience, and specifically Baylor, you would have to think right now, if you're going to go with experience and not knowing what Jaron's situation is in terms of his health, you have to assume going into the offseason, Baylor is the front runner at the, at the top of the depth chart for the quarterback position. You look, and, and let's be honest, Aaron Roderick's also not going to tip his hand on January 5th and 6th <laughs> as to who the quarterback's going to be. But taking it at face value, they are going to put a premium on players that have had the experience, that have been in there. But yeah, I, I had kind of convinced myself to expect Jacob Conover to be the guy. Now, again, that very well may happen. When you get into spring and fall, maybe he outperforms everybody, and that's the way it plays out. But based off of what Aaron said, you certainly have to lean for Baylor first and then Jaron because you don't know what Jaron's health situation is. Aaron Roderick handled this perfectly, not surprisingly, because he's a savvy guy, and he's been around a lot of college football, and he's been coaching for a long time. But... With how he phrased things, he essentially makes every one of his quarterbacks feel like they have a legitimate shot to be the guy, which is exactly how it needs to be. Albeit, he did say, well, experience has to matter for something, right? And that's why I said two days ago, Baylor Romney has earned the right to be the guy right now going into spring football. One, he's healthy. He was the backup to Zach Wilson for the entirety of last season. And let's, let's retrack what he's done. Baylor Romney's first collegiate experience comes as the third-string quarterback against South Florida in an impossible situation. All he does is drive BYU down inside the red zone and give the Cougars a chance to win that game at the end. Four downs inside the 20. At that moment, I was like, oh, this dude is wired differently. He's not the, – the moment's not too big for him. Then – He starts against Boise State and dominates Boise State. People say, oh, he was a game manager. He did exactly what the coaches asked him to do. He will not disappoint you. Steve Young came on this program and said, I think that the BYU coaches, and I'm paraphrasing, should consider Baylor Romney as the guy going forward because he won't disappoint you. Well, let's also remember, Hank Bachmeyer didn't play in that game either. So (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. This is true. He didn't play in that game. So he beats Boise State. He beats Liberty. Jaron Hall starts against Utah State. It was awesome in the first yes. half. He gets injured. Yep. And then Baylor Romney comes in and calmly blows out the Aggies and is awesome in the second half. What has he done to not deserve to be the guy going into spring football? When you get to spring, if Jaron Hall is healthy, yeah, you saw what he did in the first half against Utah State. I still think that year, that was the best quarterback performance we saw all year, the first half at Utah State with Jaron Hall. That was my opinion. Wow. Okay, but it was only a little bit, right? Yep. yep. 
Can he stay healthy? And then Jacob, the Jacob Conover thing. Maybe this is the smoke screen that BYU fans were talking about yesterday. Oh, Aaron Roderick's just, you know, he's, he's playing everyone for a fool right now because Conover is clearly the guy. Jacob Conover is not clearly the guy. It is a full-on race right now, as it should be. Baylor Romney maybe has a slight lead. Jaron Hall right there. Jacob Conover, based on what he did with the scout team, and we heard from coaches, he's embarrassing BYU's first-team defense on a regular basis. But what? how does that translate to when the pressure's on in real games, in real reps, when the coaches are watching to see if you are the guy? Well, and let's also not forget what the upcoming 2021 schedule looks like. You know, we already had the countdown. We already know that you're facing Arizona right out of the gate in Vegas. And you have Utah. You have Arizona State. You have Boise State. You have Baylor. Even if Baylor doesn't start, I think Baylor should start at Baylor. Ooh. So it's Baylor at Baylor. Against Jeff Grimes. Against Jeff Grimes. R- regardless of how it plays out, Baylor needs to play against Baylor. That just makes sense, right? <laughs> Look, and then you have Washington State, Virginia, USC. Seven power fives. So, so you're talking about a schedule that is significantly harder than what we've seen this past season for obviously. Do you want to throw yes. a guy like Jacob Conover yes. into a schedule with seven power fives and some other high-level group of five teams? Look, but but here's the thing. Other P5, P, teams in the P5 ranks, they do it all the time. That's their normal schedule because they're facing conference opponents that are like this. So it's not like it's unprecedented, but you're right. If BYU has the option of maybe not throwing in a guy who's, who hasn't had the experience at this level against right out of the gate, the Arizona, and we don't know how good Arizona is going to be. They're going to have new coaches and everything, obviously. But, you know, and then Utah, Arizona State, those are your first three games right out of the gate. So it certainly does make sense that Baylor would go into the offseason as the leader in the clubhouse. He's the top of the depth chart going into the offseason because for what you mentioned, too, he's healthy and has done nothing to not deserve it. He's been in the system long enough, and we learned yesterday from Coach Roderick and Coach Satake that things aren't going to change, hardly at all. The personnel, yes, will be a little bit different, and so there will be some some tweaks and uh, some twists within the same offensive scheme, but Baylor's been around it a long time. He's been in it with Zach Wilson. I know Jaron has too, which is why it's hard not to say, okay, those two guys have... An advantage over Sol J. Mayava Peters and Jacob Conover because they've just been in the system longer. They've been around Coach Roderick longer and Coach Satake longer. What what can Jacob Conover do? Can he be the Zach Wilson of 2018 that pushes Tanner Mangum in fall camp? And Jeff Grimes said it's neck and neck going into the two weeks before BYU's first game. Then they named Tanner Mangum the starter. I feel like BYU will go back to the default of oh, let's go with experience because of the power five. We know what we're going to get with Baylor Romney on the field. We've seen this. We've seen him do it. Do you feel like Baylor Romney, if he starts BYU, will beat Arizona? I do. I do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Do you see any team on the schedule, maybe other than USC, that you say, okay, if Baylor Romney is starting this game, BYU's got a great chance to win this game because of everything they bring back on the offensive line. And the running backs, Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa. And you got a loaded tight end group. Like, what team on the schedule next year do you feel like, ah, BYU you can't beat them if Baylor Romney is the starting quarterback? Yeah, no, I don't look at the situation like that at all with Baylor. I mean, we've seen what Baylor has been able to do. There's no question that he is capable of playing the position and carrying the weight of what it means to be a BYU quarterback. 
And so that, that that's that's not a question at all. I, I am curious to when if when this decision, you know, when you get down to the time where the decision has to be made, if you have a young player who is neck and neck with the experience, do you do you say let's just give the young guy a shot? If if it's equal, is is the experience going to be the trump card is it like if it's neck and neck do you just go with experience or do you go with man you know what let's build with the young guy now because i just have a feeling about it okay i I, i'm I'm really curious without a doubt we all feel like at some point jacob conover is the future of BYU football right it's just a question of is it going to be as a redshirt freshman or are they going to give him some more time to develop and go with the experience i look at it Based on the schedule, if Jacob Conover is the starting quarterback, just because of the learning curve and how fast it's going to be against that difficulty level of a schedule, okay, that BYU might not win a couple of games that the Cougars would win if experience does start. Just because you have to have time to make mistakes. So, yeah, they're they're weighing that. The coaches are weighing, okay, well, do we want to try and – maybe win a game or two more, or do we want to get a fast, fast forward start on the quarterback of the future? Well, and this is one thing that BYU has put itself in the situation where they have good options across the board. Their quarterback room is filled with guys that could legitimately be the starter at this level. That is a great position to be in, and it's a really good problem to have that you're going to be debating when it's, when it's all said and done. You're going to be debating with guys who most believe all could be the starter at, at some point. That, mm. That's a good problem to have. Competition generally yes. breeds good things. Absolutely. Our question of the day. You tell us, what is your BYU quarterback depth chart right now as the Cougars push ahead to spring football in 2021? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BF Webster and on Twitter, wide open. Baylor Romney got a lot of touches this past season. Did he get a lot? I don't feel like he got a lot. I mean, Zach Wilson came out in the fourth quarter a lot, but... It wasn't like he was throwing the ball a ton. Anyway, he continues. A lot of touches this past season. Never looked as good as he did in 2019. Hall has to show he's healthy and can stay that way. No mention of Conover or Mayava Peters. Sol Jay's probably out there thinking, you wait. You, <laughs> you wait until you see what I'm going to bring yep. to the table. And I love that. I hope all of them play with a chip on their shoulder right now. Based on the commentary of the media, coaches, let's go. Let's do this. Coming up, the curse of 17-plus, but on the Zags. I like where this is going. And Zach Wilson joins us from California in his new temporary home. Why everything is changing for him. Diet, training scheme, and where does he think he's going to go in the draft? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Join us following BYU Sports Nation for a re-air of last night's BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel look ahead to tomorrow's big matchup with number one Gonzaga, plus the Deep Blue with assistant coach Nick Robinson. Check it out immediately following this very show on BYU TV. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up on a Wednesday with Jason Shepard. Let me get my newscaster voice in for this one. This just in about 15 minutes ago. The BYU quarterback... Phenom, Zach Wilson, has been named as one of five finalists for the Polynesian College Football Player of the Year Award by the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. Yesterday, we spoke with Zach via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline in Southern California. Zach, first of all, I'd just like to confirm that you did not drive 10 hours to get to Southern California this time where you join us now, right? No. Nope, I'm I'm done uh, doing that. That was that was fun for last year only, and then now I can have people buy my flights. So. <laughs> More importantly, has John Beck contacted you and asked you when you're taking him to dinner yet? Uh, we're actually going to lunch tomorrow, so he already makes sure to squeeze that one in. <laughs> oh, very nice. Dinner time, so uh, we got to lunch tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, an article from Jay Drew came out where he talks about kind of your ascension, right? And then and he talks about you taking ramen and like gas station food to the rex's house during the summer because you didn't want to be a burden so tell us yeah. tell us what those items were and then the rexes were like no eat our food right they're like so nice yeah so i had a cooler full of uh my mom would give me a loaf of bread and I'd peanut butter and jellies that's kind of what i would eat on my, on my drive down um i'd make the mcdonald's stop of course and then um you know once i hit California I didn't want to eat their food you know I, I was like okay these guys are nice enough to let me stay with them for free so I went out to pay for a hotel and so you know I had a bag full of uh the heat up burritos that you throw in the microwave and then I had uh the chicken pot pies from Costco yeah yes, I so, love those those are yeah. great yeah. so so to be an elite and, quarterback you know, think, uh, yeah <laughs> the cup of noodles I remember I remember I used to try and sneak it down into the kitchen so Amy Isaac's mom you know, the nicest lady would always be trying to make me food and give me food. And I felt so bad. So, I, you know, I tried to sneak out in the kitchen when, when they were up in their room and try and hurry and make a cup of noodles. So I didn't have to ask them for food. Elite um, quarterback. You know, meals. So just, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you paid the Rex family back with 12 touchdown passes to their kid, That's right? True. That's true. Yep. They made me promise it. When I went last year, they said, Isaac better have some touchdown passes this year. <laughs> Well, as I mentioned, you're in uh, Southern California, Irvine to be specific, as you begin preparation for the NFL draft. Talk to us about your setup and what your timeline is like over the next few weeks. Yeah, an amazing setup. You know, my agent, you know, definitely is taking care of me. I'm out at uh, Brian A. Ralt and WME, and, uh, you know, I'm out here in Irvine, California. I start uh, workouts tomorrow, so I'll work with John every morning, John Beck with 3DQB and those guys. Um, you know, a couple hours of film and, and quarterback workout on the field. And then I'll head over to uh, the Anaheim Ducks facility and I'll work with uh, uh, Les Spellman and his uh, speed and strength staff group and, and their physical therapy group over there. And, and you know, that's kind of where I spend my entire day of training uh, is at those two places. And, you know, I kind of get kind of get it all. And so I have a, you know, a personal chef down here as well that's going to cook my meals for me for the whole week. And so you know, I finally feel like I have those resources to kind of take my game to the next level. And so I'm fortunate to have, um, you know, a great group of people around me and a great agent that, you know, it's taking care of me and giving, giving me what I feel like uh, is going to help me, uh, you know, do the, do the best I can for the, for the draft and, and the combine. And, um, you know, combine could get pushed back, you know, but the word is, is still February. And, um, you know, then 
end of March uh, pro day is when I'll be back a couple weeks before March 26th. And, uh, you know, I'll spend some time with the receivers, get some working with those guys. And then I'll be in Utah for about those six weeks until the draft, um, you know, doing privates um, with coaches and, and different workouts and stuff. And, uh, you know, and then hopefully get picked up on a team. Uh, I can guarantee that. I think uh, you'll the, get picked the, up. The pick, yeah. the pick gonna yeah. have. I'm going to go on record and, <laughs> and guarantee that. Also, having a personal chef might be just a little bit better than those Costco pot pies. Uh, a little bit better. Right? Yeah. My, those are pretty dang good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be evenly cooked, though, this time, which is, is right? awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> Melting on the outside, frozen on the inside. So, yeah, Zach, that was a, it, it was a no-brainer that – you would go pro. Absolute right decision. Absolute right. Some guys in the past, like BYU basketball, was like, wait, should they have come back? No question you should go. When did this really form in your mind during the season where you were like, okay, this is a thing I should seriously consider first, and then later, when did it become official that you were like, yeah, I need, I need to go pro? Well, you know, every time I thought about it in season, you know, I would just remember, hey, we still got games left, and so you know, I'd have to slow myself down and be like, hey, you know, you play two bad games and, and everything that you're thinking about right now is out the window. So I made it uh, pretty evident to myself. I got to keep playing well. And so I, I definitely made that a priority. And uh, it was really after the bowl game that I, I really spent some time thinking about it. Uh, um, you know, talking with the coaches about if I came back this next year, you know, the possibilities of you know having another great season at BYU or if it's best for me to, to, you know, pursue my dreams, you know, if, it, if the things I felt like were unfinished to be where you were worth it still. And, and, you know, of course it'd be great to, you know, try and beat Utah and, um, you know, to maybe be higher in the Heisman poll or, or have a better season. You know, it's hard to do better than 11 and one, but, you know, maybe be ranked higher or try and go to New Year's six bowl game. You know, all that stuff is great, but I don't know if it was, uh, you know, worth risking the opportunity of injury and, um, you know, missing my opportunity of being able to play in the NFL and, and be a high draft pick and, um, you know, really for me, it's not about as high as I go. It's not about the money. It's it's really about uh, the opportunity and situation. It, you know, that's what I'm excited for is where I land, um, finding a place that fits me. When you look at the different options that have been thrown out there, and there are a lot of people talking about potential landing spots, what do you feel like is a system that is the right fit for you? You don't have to give me specific team names, but just maybe the scheme that you feel like you would fit best into. Yeah, I haven't watched a ton of uh, specifics with NFL teams and as far as what offenses they run. You know, I, one just off the top of my head is the 49ers just because I'm very familiar with what Kyle Shanahan does and, and the system that they have in place. And I think, uh, you know, I'd fit in well there. You know, another one that I actually haven't watched much of, but I, I know they have a good scheme is with Joe Brady and the Carolina Panthers. And that's just because I watched so much of Joe Burrow and their LSU film and uh, Joe Burrow actually is the same agent I have. And so I was able to talk with him on the phone and, and he uh, talked about how great Joe Brady is and, and how, um, you know, offensive minded he is. And so, uh, you know, that'd be another great landing spot, you know, at that level, I think, uh, you know, you can make it work with any team you go with. I think there's a lot of amazing coaches at any, any team you end up with. And Joe's reportedly talking with the Texans perhaps. So uh, who knows what happens there? <laughs> so you just mentioned pick right. eight and 12, First round feels like where you're going to go. Um, is that is that wild to you that like three years ago you were going to prom and now you, you're going to be a first round <laughs> quarterback? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think it's a humbling experience. You know, I'm very grateful for everything, you know, I've been given in my life is, you know, I'm, I'm honestly the most grateful for the, the, the low 
you know, times in my career, especially last year, you know, going through that whole thing, seeing what people were still on your side, seeing what people still wanted you to succeed. Um, you know, it was cool because now, um, you know, success is, is coming again. And, you know, I can almost guarantee there's going to be low times again in my career. And so uh, I'm glad to have dealt, dealt with it before and learn how to overcome the adversity. And so it's crazy to be able to think about the, the roller coaster I'm about to, um, you know, get into and, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a great problem to have. I can say that for sure. <laughs> we recently spoke with your good buddy, Dax Milne about the wild nature of how fast all of this has happened for him. And you've kind of been on the same timeline where, you know, I look at what happening, it's Navy and BYU runs for 300 and some odd crazy number of yards. And you had a good game, but you were kind of the backstory to what your running backs and your offensive line did. And then you really burst onto the scene in late September. So over three months, how would you explain the emotional roller coaster that you have been on in just about 90 days time? Yeah. You know, if I could put it in one word, I'd just say exciting. I would just say every single game was just like, Hey, we have another opportunity to to put ourselves on the map at BYU as being an explosive offense. And I think it was, um, you know, I think that was one reason I was okay with leaving this year is just because, you know, I was happy with the season that we had. I didn't, I didn't feel like there was much else we could have done besides that coastal Carolina game. And, um, you know, I really feel like that's as dominant as you can almost be as an offense. And so, um, I was happy with what we accomplished this last year and, um, you know, it's, it's all come so fast. You know, I think back to the Navy game and my expectations of the season and my expectations for myself were obviously to play a ton better, but, you know, it wasn't to be in any Heisman rankings. It wasn't to be, um, projected in the top 15 of the, the 2021 NFL draft. And so, uh, you know, it's crazy to just see how that can all change in just, you know, 11, 12 games. And so, uh, you know, it's been a crazy ride, but it's, it, you know, it comes as fast as it goes. So the work just starts now. I'm very excited for NFL teams to get to know you even more. And the person that we've gotten to know that is a uh, playbook, uh, you know, film junkie. And you just know the game so well. And I learned a ton about quarterbacking when I talk to you about stuff. So where do you feel like you're going to really do well in this process as you try and become a first rounder? Yeah, I know one of the knocks on me is size and, and I honestly think a lot of that is just because I have some huge alignment in front of me. So uh, <laughs> you know, I'm excited to <laughs> I'm excited to be able to put some weight on and show these guys, you know, I'm really not as small as they think I am. And um, you know, I would say the six 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 five quarterbacks aren't the ones succeeding as much uh, nowadays. And so um, I'm excited for that. Um, and really, for me, I think it's going to come down to the interviews. I think that's where. I think physically, you know, you show what you do on the field. I think, I think your film is everything for a quarterback. Um, so really now it's your, it's your understanding of the game. So I'm so excited to go in there and break it down for coaches, you know, what decisions I, I made, why I made them, what was going on in my head. You know, it's definitely something I can talk um, all day, every day about. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully that can be in my favor when I go in there and explain, you know, why I did, you know, certain things. And so I'm excited for the opportunity to do that. Earlier today, we showed what we thought were your top five plays at BYU. <clears throat> one of those was the Neil Palu throw against UCF. Like, which one, right? Uh, UCF, the touchdown, your last uh, pass, I think, right, um, for a touchdown. What was your favorite throw at BYU? Like, what was the one that you're like, ah, oh, that's, that's my favorite? Uh, you, know, you know, thinking back, I can't even remember what game it was, but the whole shot to Gunner in the two-minute drive that I think we actually turned it into like a 50-second drive. You know, the games all start to mesh together. But um, I hit Gunner in the, right in front of the right pylon, 
um, in between the safety and the corner. And, and, and that was one of my favorite, favorite throws just because it was uh, completely off a of reaction. You know, I was working the concept, you know, felt the corner fall off and bite and, and, you know, just reacted to making a play. The same one with, I think it was Texas State right before half where I rolled out to the right and threw it all the way back across the field. You know, both of those were just reactionary plays. And and then, you know, the energy and excitement that came after those plays, I think, was the most fun. Just celebrating with the guys, um, you know, that stuff is that stuff is fun. So those are two just off the top of my head, um, you know, that are exciting. And then, and then going out and having a first quarter like that against UCF, I think, is, uh, you know, a way to end the season. So. We're compiling a list, and we will present that on Top 5 Tuesday next week. (laughs) (laughs) The Top 5 passes according to Zach. Uh, You obviously are well aware of what BYU is doing with their offensive coordinator position. One of your close friends, Aaron Roderick, has now been promoted to offensive coordinator. Fessy Satake is the passing game coordinator. What do you think about those two, I guess, uh, movements from within the program to elevate those guys to different positions? Yeah, it's exactly the move that should have been made. I know Kalani, um, you know, is thinking the same thing. You know, we were part of the program. He saw the impact that both of those guys had on the program, and yeah, he knew Coach Grimes did a great job, and he's going to move on to another situation that's, you know, a situation that's hard to pass up on. You know, I was super happy for him and told him about that, but but uh, Coach Fest and Coach Arod fit those roles perfectly. You know, we don't need to bring in another coach um, at that position, and so I'm glad that, uh, he was able to move those guys up because BYU's offense is going to be dominant with those with those guys running the show for a while. Zach, we're thrilled for you to say the least, and it's been exciting for us to watch you make this ascension as well. I can't wait for you to request to your personal chef a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> or a thoroughly cooked may I Costco. Have, may I have a cup of ramen, please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That needs right, to it's coming. The Kraft mac and cheese is also a favorite. So Let's go. I love it, man. Hey, uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. Best of luck. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy the workouts. And tell John we say what's up. For sure. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Zach Wilson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where he ends up. Coming up, Isaac Rex, one of two freshmen to score at least 10 touchdowns in 2020. Will the double-digit TD train continue next year? And what will Aaron Roderick's first official move as offensive coordinator be? Has he already made it? We'll ask him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Watch BYU football top 100 plays on demand on the BYU TV app. Spencer and Jerem recount the greatest plays in Cougar football history. Thanks to the Boca Raton Bowl, we already need to revise it. (laughs) Think, think, Think of it as BYU football's today's hits and yesterday's favorites. How about that? I love it. Man, you need, you have always needed to be a radio DJ. It could happen. 80s on There's eight. There's still right? time. There's Go, still time, man. Spencer. Joining us live on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is another man who can appreciate the 80s awesomeness, the OG A-Rod, BYU offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick. Aaron, first and foremost, congratulations on the job promotion. How would you sum up the last three days of your life? Busy, yeah. It's been, been, uh, been a really busy time. Uh Found out actually not much earlier than everybody else that that uh, Grimey was on his way to Baylor. I found out in the morning, the morning, well, I guess what day was that? Whatever. The day that everybody else found out, I just found out probably a few hours before everybody else. So, um, And then, yeah, from that moment, I got a call from Kalani a few minutes later, and then it's been pretty busy ever since. 
So have you made your first official move as the offensive coordinator, or, or maybe what will that first official move in this position be? Um, well, no, I haven't done much yet, uh, really, because, you know, I don't think we need a lot of a lot of change. You know, and that's I think, you know, we've we've spent the last three seasons um, establishing an identity, establishing a system, um, coaches fitting into their roles and doing their job well. And I just, you know, I want to pick up where we left off and keep rolling. We just spoke with Zach Wilson, uh, your quarterback phenom who is leaving for the NFL, and he referenced a number of times the relationship that he had with you and with Fessy Satake. So let's dive into that a little bit. How would you explain the relationship that you have specifically with Fessy as you look to keep things rolling on the BYU offense? Well, my relationship with Fessy started when he was at Hillcrest High School and I was uh, coaching. I was the offensive coordinator at Southern Utah. <laughs> And uh, then I, I coached him. He started for me as a true freshman, uh, and we've been close ever since. I, I've, you know, just followed his playing career while I was at coaching at University of Utah. He was finishing his playing career and then um, followed his coaching career over the years, and we always just stayed close to each other. And, um, and so working together has been a great, a great fit from day one. We pretty much – think alike in most most things um he's Fessy's awesome he's got a great connection to our players and great personality and he's really bright and so working with him has been great and then yeah and, and so of course and both of us have known Zach since he was pretty young and Fessy was recruiting him at Weber I think was the first person to offer him and so there's been a pretty good uh working relationship there in, in our passing game Aaron, you referenced a second ago the just wanting to be able to continue on with the success that you guys had last season as an offense. As a coach, how satisfying was last year? It's one thing to be confident that, that you think you know how the team's going to perform on that side of the ball, but then to actually see them go out and execute it at such a high level like they did, how satisfying was last year's offense for you? Well, I, I think – most coaches hesitate to use the word satisfied. You know, you don't, you don't ever want to be satisfied, but it was uh, fun to watch the level of execution that we had in most of our games this year. And a number of our games especially were, you know, against some good opponents against Boise state and, and central Florida and Navy, uh, you know, San Diego state was one. I was really proud of how efficient we were that night. I think we had, we scored, you know, uh, what was our score? I can't remember. 28, I think it was 28 points in only 52 snaps, I yep. believe, because they were just they were just keeping trying to keep the ball away from us and snapping the – their offense was snapping the ball with less than five seconds every play. Clearly their game plan was to keep it away from us, and we were very efficient against an excellent defense. So, yeah, the, those kind of things were – it was fun to see it come together. Um the execution of, of the, you know, the guys on the field after three years of, you know, working up to this. So yeah, that was, I hate to use the word satisfying, but it was a good year. We're proud of it. And now we got to, you know, we got to do the work to, to get better because next year is going to be 
going to be a challenge. We have a tough schedule. BYU Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick with us on BYU Sports Nation. You, not surprisingly, were asked about this yesterday, and you will be asked about this probably every day for the next 239 days until you take on Arizona. What does your quarterback depth chart look like right now? Uh, I haven't even started with a depth chart yet, but anytime I'm asked about it, I usually just start with the two guys that have played in a game because I, I think that's only fair. It, it would be unfair to, you know, just start talking about guys who haven't taken a snap yet ahead of Baylor and Jaron. So, and uh, I have a lot of respect for both of those guys. Um, obviously Baylor played really well. You guys got a pretty good look at him a couple of years ago. And this year, if you were watching the games, he played quite a bit this year and played well. So, you know, Baylor's good passer, uh, really good touch and accuracy and he's just a real cool customer he doesn't get rattled by much so uh you know we all know a lot about baylor and then jaron hall has uh, had some struggles with injuries but when he played he played very well and um very well i mean he 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 showed that he's capable of being a really good quarterback excellent passer also um really strong arm and and um just a really bright intelligent guy I'm, I'm excited to see him this spring and then we have two uh freshmen one a return missionary and one that was right out of high school that they were both with us this fall so that's uh Sol J Mayava and, and uh Jacob Conover were both with us in the fall we originally the plan wasn't to get Jacob here until till this month but with the COVID situation he his his mission ended just a little earlier than expected and he was just at home and sitting around and we had a spot for him. So we brought him in, in, uh, in the fall, he got here a little late, about a month later than everybody else. So it was kind of too late to compete for the job, but he had a full season of running the scout team. He learned our whole offense. Um, so now he's entering this spring, uh, like a veteran player, he knows what he's doing already. So it's going to be interesting to see soul J him, Jaron and Baylor compete. It's going to be a lot of fun. Those guys are good players and, uh, all of them were highly recruited and had a lot of places they could go. And, and so it's, it's a fun challenge. I think all of us are going to embrace this. You know, we, we love Zach. He did, he did so many great things. And uh, now it's going to be fun to see who can, who can be next. Aaron, obviously the byproduct of having a season like last year is the guys have the opportunity to play at the next level. So I, I'm curious when you look at, having to replace the production. Can you talk a little bit about how excited you are with the depth that you saw last year and how that translates moving forward? Are you talking, you're talking about just the depth of our team overall? Yeah, no, yes. The, not just specifically quarterback, just the overall offense yeah. with the overall depth uh, moving forward. Yeah. So uh, that's a, that's a great point. I think, uh, you know, nowhere is that more apparent than, um, the, the example in the bowl game, uh, we're playing, we're playing central Florida and James Empey's not available. And everybody knows James Empey's a excellent player, three-year starter, team captain. I mean, he's, he's one of our leaders on this team. He's not available. Joe Tukuafu starts the game and plays great. And then he gets injured uh, somewhere like near the end of the first quarter. I believe he only makes it like a quarter, but he, he was playing fantastic. And uh, Connor pay comes in and gets his first, snaps of the year at center i mean he hadn't even played center in practice a little bit but he comes in and we don't skip a beat we just keep rolling with our third center and i, I thought that was a 
uh, which is one of my favorite examples of the season of our, our depth and the um, just the fact that our players are reliable guys that know what they're, you know, they, they do what they're coached to do. And Connor Page played awesome. So, and you could say that about several positions on our team. We've got some depth at the offensive line. We have depth at tight end. We have depth at running back. Um, obviously, Peeney and, and um, Tyler both played really well for us this year. And we have a couple of young guys that were injured. Um, uh, Hinkley, uh, Ropati was injured, and, and he'll be back soon. And um, we lost uh, McChesney, who will be back. And so um, you're going to see um, uh, Miles Davis I, I, he will be a much bigger part of our offense this year. We, if, if there's anything I regret about last season, it's that we didn't get him more involved. And um, that's one, you know, we had a great year, but you're always looking for ways to improve and we, we need to use him more and we will, we'll find ways because he can do a lot of things as a receiver, as a running back. He's a fantastic weapon. And so, yeah, we've got good guys. We've got good receivers, Gunner and, and Neil, I thought, Neil Pau was maybe the most underrated player on our team. He was playing very good football for us all year, but especially in the last five games. And um, I'm really excited about some of these younger receivers too that you haven't seen a lot yet who are getting better all the time and have a really bright future. They just were kind of stuck behind Dax and, and Gunner, and, and now there's, there's going to be more opportunities for those young guys. Coach, it's great to catch up with you. Thrilled for you uh, making the move as the offensive coordinator and being the guy, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. Aaron Roderick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, our rise and shout-outs to pants. Yeah, you heard me. In a case of the curse of 17-plus. <laughs> Is it working in BYU's favor? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join me for Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio tomorrow, 7.30 Eastern, as BYU basketball gets set to face the top-ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs in Spokane. Greg Rubel, Mark Durant will then have the call at 8.30 Eastern. That's all on BYU Radio. Jason, I didn't see you in that picture. Were you in that picture? I'm sure I am, and they've cropped me out. (laughs) Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation Live from Studio B. He is Jason. I am Spencer. I wasn't in the picture either. BYU Sports Station continues. Let's whip it. The Kruger Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, Ken Palm updated his projection for the BYU at Gonzaga game. He has the Zags beating the Cougars 90-73, and that's right. That is the Zags by 17. Oh, snap. Did Ken Palm just invoke the curse of 17-plus <laughs> on Gonzaga? I am not going to say he didn't. Yeah. How many times has BYU shocked Gonzaga? Like, I, again, I don't think it's going to be this year, but if they do... We'll know that the curse has another chapter. Look, fingers crossed that's exactly what he did. Well done, Ken Palm. On to BYU football. Isaac Rex, one of just two freshmen in the entire FBS level of college football to score double-digit touchdowns this season. Jason, how many seasons will Isaac score double-digit TDs moving forward? He's got, we think, three remaining. Um, as many as he wants, because he can do whatever he wants. That's how good he is. I just expect it every year now. Okay. Because he's that good. Man, double-digit touchdowns is really hard to do. Matt Bushman never even came close to that. And you can credit Zach Wilson for a lot of that. I'm going to give Isaac one more season of double-digit touchdowns. He's a good player, but we're going to spread the wealth. 
All right, coming up, Kip Dynamite would be proud. We'll explain in Rise and Shoutouts. Kip Dynamite, you say? I did. Plus a Dynamite Elite Voice of the Day answering who should be at the top of the quarterback depth chart. This is BYU Sports Nation. By the way, his full name, Kipland Ronald Dynamite. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio applications. Or download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Remember, today's hits and yesterday's favorites. Cozy 106.5. Our question of the day. What is your BYU quarterback depth chart right now looking ahead to spring football? In response... Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Stay with me on this one. From at Old School BYU, he says simply, or, 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 or. Now, if you are not aware of what that means, when the depth chart comes out, often you will see multiple positions with a player's name and then the word It's either undecided or they don't want the information out. If you see a name and you don't see or, then you know that that is the legit starter. But this is very true. When when fall camp is happening, we very well may see Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall or Jacob Conover or Sol Chamohava Peters or. I certainly expect that to be everything in spring and fall (laughs) until we get to the game week of Arizona. And even then it probably will still be or. That's a well-cogitated tweet, my friend. Well done. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. All right, my uh, Rise and Shoutout is going to go to Caleb Lohner's pants. Uh, this was a, a picture from last <laughs> yes, pants. That dude is so swaggy. Look, I will never be cool enough in my life to be able to pull off pants like that. He well done, so Caleb Lohner. so swaggy. Well I w- done. I would wear those if the base color were white. <laughs> I'm going to give it to uh, the guys doing Zoom interviews in the cars. Zach Wilson, well done, my friend. It's, it's the Zoom age, right? It is the Zoom age. That's right. Our thanks to today's guest, Zach Wilson, and the offense coordinator, Aaron Roderick. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Chris Miles. We'll see you tomorrow on BYUSN. Go Cougs.